Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and we have hit double digits. This is the 10th Relic Reveal video. Happy to have y'all here. Let's talk about my homeboy and yours, the cranky uncle of the church fathers, St. Jerome. Buckle up, baby birds. Jerome. St. Jerome was born in modern-day Croatia during the Roman Empire, about the year 343. He spent his young years, he's a gifted intellect, right? really gifted intellect, even before he became a Christian, spent his young years learning and studying philosophy and rhetoric and all that good stuff. On Sundays, again, even before he was a Christian, he used to go down to the tombs and the catacombs of the saints, and he would meditate on hell, which seems kind of dramatic, huh, Jay? That's a... Uh, he was living in Rome, but he wasn't making the best decisions. That's true. He was living in Rome. He was living the lifestyle, man. This guy was, he had some money, and he had a lot of time, and he was living that college lifestyle, right? And uh, he would go, uh, he would hang out with a lot of, a lot of women. Hang out with a lot of women, a lot of the dancing girls. In fact, later on in his life, he would be devoted to asceticism, which is a rigorous practice of, you know, fastings, penances, abstinences. He lived for four years in the desert, and he said this line, and I love this line. He says, for four years, I have been alone in the wilderness with the rock, the snake, and the scorpion as my only neighbors, and yet in my mind, my heart is still with the dancing girls. His time in Rome would be very formative for his uh, educational career in rhetoric and philosophy. He was a brilliant writer, and he began to start develop a, uh, a skill in languages and whatnot, spending time in the catacombs trying to translate things on the fly. Eventually, he would go to Antioch. He would go to Constantinople, all over the Eastern world throughout Eastern Christianity. He became a student of one of my favorite writers, um, Evagoras. Evagoras was a very developed monastic who would, um, he has a wonderful book. What's it called? Talking Back. I, I encourage everyone to get the book Talking Back. It's weird. It's wild. It's incredible. And it's just a bunch of Bible verses that you say to Satan when Satan starts tempting you. So you have Jerome being trained under Evagoras. Eventually he goes back to Rome. He's the secretary for the Pope there. And all of these uh, Roman Roman clerics, they didn't like him too much. They did not like him too much. By this point, he has started to master Greek. He's translated some of the writings of Origen, which is one of the greatest biblical scholars. He now is fully entrenched in the life of biblical scholarship. And at this time, you got to understand, the Bible is uh, coming over piecemeal from the East in terms of the Latin translations. There wasn't one whole complete Latin text. There was a bunch of different Latin translations, and some of them were less good than they ideally should be. So Jerome, 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 it's a new guy. He's a friend of Jerome's. It's his brother. Jerome! St. Jerome would dedicate his life to the task of translating the Greek and Hebrew, Old Testament and New Testament, into the Latin. It's known as the Vulgate, right? In English, we call it the Vulgate. The vulgare, the word vulgare is where we get the word vulgar. The word vulgar means common. Vulgare is the common Latin of the people spoken throughout the empire, as opposed to the proper and formal imperial Latin spoken around the emperor and in Rome and around the court. So he was trying to create a Bible for the masses, which is kind of cool because... That same practice of the very Catholic St. Jerome would end up being what Martin Luther did with his Luther Bible in taking all these different uh, German dialects and bringing them together. Like literally, the Bible formed the ger modern German language just as the King James formed the modern English language. Well, they were all preceded by St. Jerome by about, you know, a thousand years. 
Um, and as he compiled the Latin Vulgate, that would essentially become ecclesial Latin for the next, uh, you know, 1700 years. Jerome was an intense person. If there's one word that could describe him, it would be intense. He was intense about his scholarship. He was intense about his theology. And he was intense with everyone that disagreed with him. That's why he has the reputation of being the cranky uncle of the early church fathers. One of the things that St. I mean, he got in a fight with St. Augustine, although they later patched it up and Augustine said, what Jerome is ignorant of, no man, no mortal has ever known, right? That's, that's nice. That's a good reconciliation phrase to use. But he got in fights with everyone. My favorite story is the first time in church history someone denied the perpetual virginity of Mary. Right. So no one ever did. This dude, Helvetius, he ends up writing a tract while he was while Jerome was in Rome and it circulated throughout the Roman area. And it's funny because a lot of the same Protestant objections to the Catholic doctrine of the perpetual virginity of Mary, that she stayed a virgin her whole life. She did not have relations with Joseph. It uses the same arguments Helvetius used back then the Protestants do today. And it is funny because it was refuted by Jerome. In kind of like the angriest way possible, I tell people, if you've never read the Church Fathers and you're feeling like, oh man, I got anger issues, I encourage them, read the first opening <laughs> preface to the letter against Helvetius and you will laugh. He said, at one point he said, uh, I will take this axe to the withered tree that is Helvetius so that this fool who never learned how to speak will at once learn to shut his mouth. Another part who said, all the brothers began asking me to write a treatise against Helvetius, but I've refused this whole time, not because his arguments are worth responding to, but because out of fear of my prestige in responding to him, people might actually take him more serious than he's worth. He, I mean, it was epic. It is an epic text. You can get it for free. You just Google it. Against Helvetius by St. Jerome. Now, he studied the original languages of biblical Hebrew and Greek. And this is very important for us to understand because at that time, Hebrew was a very difficult language to study. He spent time under a Jewish convert uh, to Christianity. He lived in Bethlehem for a long time. In fact, after he died, his relics were kept underneath uh, the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem until they were eventually brought uh, to Rome when he was canonized and all that in the 1700s. Um, but St. Jerome dedicated his entire life to translating and studying scripture so that Christ could be known and loved. In fact, one of my favorite stories was told by Father Mitch Pacwa, who was very famous through EWTN, who said that Jerome's biblical scholarship and his early struggles with his Roman life and kind of reconciling all this stuff, he said every time he would undergo a temptation to be with the dancing girls, right, he would study scripture. Every time he had a, a lust of the flesh, he would study Hebrew. And then and Father Mitch Pacwa says, and he became the greatest Hebrew scholar in the Catholic Church in 1,600 years. So you could bet he had a lot of temptations. But St. Jerome would ultimately lay down his considerable intellect for the sake of the mission of the church. Now, this is where his life is particularly powerful for us. Number one, St. Jerome encountered Christ through scripture. We have the wonderful line, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. If you don't know the Bible, one of the things that adults who say, I don't know scripture say back to me is, 
I asked them, hey, would you like to take a Bible study? We have like 13 on campus. And they would say, no, I don't know anything about the Bible. And you say, well, that's what the Bible studies are for, to help you learn scripture. And they say, no, because I don't want to look like an idiot. How funny that we adults who have who are parents, who have kids, we make our kids like, I don't know anything about it. It's like, you're going to build character. But when it comes to ourselves, we're like, nope, 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 nope. So we need to study the Bible. One of my favorite people, Bishop Robert Barron, says that if you don't understand Israel, you can't understand Christ. So you've, if you don't understand how the Old Testament and the New Testament relate to one another, right, it becomes very difficult to understand what Jesus was accomplishing. St. Jerome paints us this beautiful picture as he's spending so much time and effort in Bethlehem to go to the greatest rabbis and Christian converts from Judaism to understand how this language can be expressed in a whole new tongue, a whole new vernacular of Latin at that time. Now, another thing that we can derive from the work of St. Jerome is a subordination of your gifts and talents for the glory of God. Yes, he was cantankerous. He was uh, a very controversial figure. He had anger issues. In fact, Jerome, part of his ascetical life, he would carry around a stone that he would strike his breast with, right? He would like, like we do at mass, he would do it with a rock because he's like, I got problems, my problems got problems, right? And he knew this. He had enough self-knowledge to know that he needed constant interior discipline. But at the same time, his formidable intellect, his arguing skills, all of this stuff, his scholarship, he brought to bear for others, right? He saw his work. In fact, the great Vulgate translation, he didn't even get to live long enough to finish. Dying in September 420, he would not, he almost completed it, but didn't finalize the New Testament. And so in the gift of Jerome to the church, I mean, it's something that has lasted. The Dewey Rames Bible that we used to read all the time in our liturgy back during the, the Latin days, the Dewey Rames is the direct English translation from the Vulgate. His contribution is incredible, almost immeasurable. And yet he, who was this brilliant philosopher, he could have gone on to the heights of wealth in Rome, but he submitted to the Lord. He knew that his call was to serve the kingdom of his beloved king. He still brought, even though he has his personality and his temperament, that didn't mean that he could not follow Christ. So brothers and sisters, regardless of how angry or agreeable you might be, right? The glory of God can be made expressed and fully alive in and through you. Do not hesitate to follow the path of St. Jerome who imitated Christ so beautifully and learn about scriptures, learn about Jesus through scriptures. I encourage every adult today to start reading two chapters of one of the gospels until you finish it, then start over again. Start with Mark if you've never done it before. Go with John if you're experienced at studying scripture. You need to see the words and deeds of Jesus leap off the page, right? And no one's going to make fun of you if you don't know it. Just pick Mark and read two chapters at a time. It'll You'll be done in 10 minutes, and yet you'll be grounded in the Lord. Be imitators of St. Jerome, as St. Jerome imitated Christ so beautifully. All right, this is St. Jerome. Our He's a church doctor, he's a church father, and he's cranky. He's also the patron of Bible translator, of translators in general, of biblical scholars, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So I would encourage you, I would encourage you all, inspired by St. Jerome, our big number 10 relic reveal, to devote yourself to sacred scripture and bring whatever gifts or personality God may have blessed you with or cursed you with, that you can bring that for the kingdom of God. All right? All right. I'll see you next week as we continue our pilgrimage to the Our Lady of the Angels Chapel and our next relic reveal. We got Jerome. Oh, yeah.